This is from a recorded talk. So we've gathered together to help make offerings uh, to build this eating hall. And it's a place not only for the monastics to eat in, but also a place for people to come and chant and meditate, and also um, a dwelling, a dormitory to rest in too. So gathering together, coming together to make offerings uh, for this building project, and the Buddha said that this brings great benefit. And he said that any offerings made to the Sangha brings a lot of benefit. But offering buildings, uh, dwelling places, dharma halls, jetties, places where people can come to practice, both the monastics and those people with faith, the laity with faith, they can come to meditate and gather together. And so there's a lot of benefit, a lot of goodness that uh, results from this act. And the Buddha said that the goodness that that gives us, it stays with us in each life until we reach Nibbana. So Nibbana is a place, but it's not a place that is anywhere. It's not like we leave here and we travel in a certain direction and then we reach Nibbana. That's not how it is, but it does exist. It exists, but not in any particular direction. But it really is here, it really does exist. And it depends upon our hearts in order to reach that, in order to practice to get there. So if we are generous and we give with hearts of clarity and brightness, not wishing for anything in return, then by doing that we have set our hearts on Nibbāna. We don't want to be rewarded in any way. And so through that the heart becomes empty and it also fills up with happiness. And so building up goodness um, in this way, it gives us the energy to reach Nibbāna. When we're generous with a heart that is also moral, then this gives us great benefit. And looking after these precepts, keeping these precepts, a lot of goodness comes to us from that. We see that this brings the mind to Nibbāna because what it gives us is coolness in the hearts. So normally our hearts are hot and agitated due to greed, aversion and delusion. But when we imbue the heart with goodness, then it cools down. And when it's not hot anymore, then it becomes cool. And this is Nibbāna. So the fully self-awakened Buddha, he taught about this. He taught about this heat of mind and how this comes from the defilements. And he gave this fire sermon to the Kasapa brothers and their disciples. And these were people who worshipped fire. And they focused on fire as an object of their meditation. 
And through this, they were able to enter into very deep states of samadhi and to jhanas. So the Buddha taught them to, um, and they contemplated following his teachings. And, and he taught them in line with their characters, in line with their personalities. And so through this, the Kasapa brothers and their disciples attained uh, to arahantship. So they contemplated the nature of the sense impressions and the nature of greed, aversion, and delusion, and how these are hot things. But when we build up goodness, then this heat decreases, and the coolness that we experience grows and grows. So for us who have come here to practice for three days and three nights, or for those who meditate on a consistent basis, maybe sitting in meditation for long periods, being aware and contemplating the Vedana, the painful feelings that arise within the body, or those who look over their minds and try to keep mindfulness with them constantly. And so through doing this, through practicing in this way, maintaining this constant mindfulness, then the heart becomes well established in samadhi. And it develops these qualities, which we call the energies, the palas. There are five of these powers, of these energies. So there's sata, this conviction and faith. There's conviction in the fully self-awakened Buddha. Conviction in this path of practice. A belief that Nibbāna is real. It's not something that just doesn't exist. It is an actual place, a place which is free from suffering, a place which is free from birth and death, from the cycle of samsara, and it's the highest happiness. So when we have this faith and this belief in our hearts, then we will be devoted to building up goodness, to be thinking good thoughts. And if we recollect this goodness at the point of death, then we go to heaven. But there's also a bad karma that we've made in the past as well. And if we recollect that upon death, then the mind will fall into a lower realm. If we can keep our minds together with the meditation object and really settled with them so that they become one-pointed, then upon death the mind goes to the Brahma world. And there are these qualities of kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity there within the heart. But no matter whether our minds get reborn as a Brahma, as a Deva, as a human, or lower than that, it still has to die from that state. And so none of the happiness that we experience in any of these planes is a genuine happiness. Even though some people gain great amounts of wealth, one day all that wealth has to leave them. And then upon that separation, the heart suffers, it feels ill at ease. But for us here, we've come to offer some of our wealth to the Buddha's dispensation. And what we gain in return is things within our hearts. We develop our minds, we develop this path, this path of generosity 
and we're people who are firm in morality, and we have this wish for Nibbāna. So we don't wish to harm anyone, we don't have any ill will. This is Samaditi. So through engaging in this, through going this way, what we're doing is walking this Eightfold Noble Path. We have firm faith, we have our efforts to be building up skillfulness, to be doing good deeds, beautiful deeds, and meritorious deeds. Any unskillful qualities that arise, we try to abandon them, and we try to have mindfulness of everything that comes up. And it's normal that we only want for good things to arise within our minds, for there to just be good thoughts and good actions. But what is running our hearts, what's in control of our hearts, is avijja, ignorance, tanha, craving, and upadana, attachment. And these are qualities that gives rise to heat within our heart. So when our mindfulness is weak, then we won't be able to kind of resist or go against the feelings that arise within the mind and the kilesas that come up. And so if they want us to do something, then we act or speak accordingly. And there are these feelings and these thoughts that arise within the heart. And they come from avijja, this ignorance which conditions the mind. So we try to abandon any of these unwholesome states and try to not allow them to arise. We put effort into having mindfulness, watching over our minds throughout the entire day. And this gives us a lot of goodness in return. We practice meditation and there's a lot of benefits that comes from this. So when we have generosity and morality, and then we also are devoted to cultivating our minds. And we do this for the sake of Nibbāna. And we keep Nibbāna there as the object of our mind. And there's great benefit that arises from this. So when we're generous and we give away our wealth, then what we gain is noble wealth within our hearts. This wealth which is far away from enemies. Fire or floods storms, they're not able to harm it. Even earthquakes can't harm it. So it really is a noble wealth. The wealth of generosity, the wealth of virtue, the wealth of meditation. And then we practice so that samadhi arises. And we're always constantly developing this quality of mindfulness. And so this is able to bring the mind into stillness, into peace, and settle it into a state of samadhi. And when the mind gathers together in samadhi, then we try to keep it there for as long as possible. We don't try to bring it out. But it's natural that eventually it will leave on its own accord. And when that happens, then we contemplate. We see the body as merely a body, not a being, not an individual a self or another. And if the mind is gathered together, then it will see this clearly, see that the body really is just a body, it's just a supposition, a convention. 
And it's just the proliferations of our minds which take it as being a self, a me. But when this wisdom comes up, it knows that that's not the case. It sees that the self is just a supposition. It's something that arises from the attachment uh, that we have in our hearts. And so through seeing this clearly, then we see Nibbāna there within our own hearts as well. The things that we attach to as being me or mine, as being a self, we see that they're not self. That the Buddha taught in this way, and so we see exactly as the Buddha taught it. And we're following the teachings of the Buddha, how he taught us that this body is not self. And through this insight, then we destroy uh, Sakaya Ditti, this self-view, and then uh, attachments to rites and rituals and skeptical doubts. And this is able to occur due to our practice of generosity, virtue and meditation, due to the faith that we have, the efforts that we put into this practice, into developing this path, making our samadhi firm and settled. And when it is firm, and we have mindfulness there, then wisdom arises. And we gain an understanding into the reality of all physical and mental things. We gain an understanding into the Dhamma of the Buddha, that it really is pachatang veritabu vinyuhi, something to be experienced individually for the wise. So may we all be sincere and firm in studying this path, in giving rise to wisdom, in looking at the body, the feelings, the mind, and the Dhamma. And then through understanding these, we can see Nibbāna. And this is something that all of us are able to do. When we're engaged in occupations, for example, then we can still practice. We can look at this body and see how it's something that's not sure at all. And we shouldn't want anything. We don't want for any state of becoming, any state of birth. But what we want instead is Nibbāna. And so we endeavor to lift our hearts, to raise them up to Nibbāna. When greed comes up, then we just put that aside, we put it down. Because what we want is Nibbāna. When anger arises, then we don't allow that to go into ill will because we want Nibbāna. If there's attachment to anything as being me and mine that comes from delusion, then we try to abandon that delusion because we know that if we're deluded, then we can't reach Nibbāna. So when the mind is uninvolved, it's not involved in anything, then it experiences a temporary nibbana there. So I give my anumodana, I rejoice in you all coming together and harmoniously making this offering. And this coming together in this way, it brings energy. And we can compare that to the Noble Eightfold Path, that when all of these factors come together, and when there's harmony, then they're able to permanently cut off the defilements. 
And so like everyone coming together in harmony, making this offering, what you're doing is cutting off stinginess. And you have this wholesome intent. And so I rejoice in that wholesome intent of yours to make offerings, uh, to raise these buildings um, for the Buddha sasana, for Buddhism, so that people can come and practice in them, developing their minds in them. So through doing this, then we become sasana pugalas, uh, those who are the, the members of the religion. And then within the hearts of the sasana pugalas arises the sasana dhamma, the dhamma of this religion. And for those who gain that dhamma, they can then spread the teachings of the Buddha. And through this, then coolness and peace arises uh, for many, many people. So may the goodness, the benefits uh, that come from these acts of yours uh, give rise to long life, beauty, happiness, strength, quick-wittedness, and any wealth that you wish to gain, be it human wealth, the wealth of celestial beings, heavenly wealth, or the wealth of Nibbāna, may you gain that. <laughs>